Welcome to God Knows Where. I'm Brett Harris. I'm glad you're here. Today we're building off of all these conversations I've shared recently about boundaries because there's a really big question that we haven't asked. If you want to listen to those other episodes first, go right ahead. Check out Line Drawings and Kingdom Come and then come back to this one. But in the meantime, keep talking up God Knows Where with your friends. I've seen two great new reviews on Apple Podcasts that just made my day when I read them. Thank you for sharing about this show. Thank you for supporting this show. There's another way that you can support the show, and that's by nominating it for Best Podcast in the Best of the Pine Belt. That's the part of Mississippi that I live in, and there's a competition going on right now. And it would be really fun to be one of the finalists. It would be fun because of what we're building here. I think it'd be great for more people to find out about it through this competition. So I'll share the link with you in the episode notes, and you can vote once a day for God Knows Where every day from now until May 22nd. Keep checking out Good Faith Media, too. They've got a great run of recent articles on mental health that are well worth the read, especially here in May, which is Mental Health Awareness Month. I've linked to those in the notes as well. So thanks for listening. Thank you for supporting this show. I hope you enjoy today's episode, Inside Out. We've talked a lot about borders and boundaries in recent episodes and how Jesus isn't much concerned with them, at least not the ones we've created for and between ourselves. We've talked about how we like to set parameters of how we live or who is in or who is out or where we will or will not go way more than Jesus ever talks about. And it's made me think about this game I used to play during church growing up. I'd sit on the back pew with my friends and We would vaguely participate in the service, getting more out of it by osmosis than by any amount of direct participation. And we'd play this game that began with a rectangular grid made up of dots. Imagine the page on one of those dot journals you've seen around. Whoever had the paper drew the dots and got to draw the first line connecting two of them. We'd trade back and forth, connecting two dots at a time together until someone completed a square. That person would get to write their initial inside the square, and then they get to go again. And this repeated until the entire grid of dots was connected, and the person with the most squares won. That game got me through many, many sermons that I wasn't interested in hearing. And I'm sure our parents wished we were making more connections to the scriptures and to being in church than the dots we were drawing on our bulletins. But as I've thought about that game over the past few weeks and what we've talked about recently, I realize that I've talked about what we like to do and how Jesus doesn't do what we do, but we haven't asked one big question. Why? Why are we so consumed by who is in and who is out? Why is Jesus' understanding of in and out so different from our own? Why does he continue to draw conclusions that leave us wondering why we are so consumed by our need for structure and definition in the first place? It's not because he has no guidelines or parameters to keep him or us focused on the goal. There most certainly are. Using imagery like the kingdom of God or the kingdom of heaven, that lets us know that a border exists, just not necessarily where it is. There's a boundary, and we all want to be inside it. I think Jesus takes issue with our approach to the lines that we draw because so often they're where we start, 
not where we finish. We draw them up and they become our measuring stick instead of him. But the problem with starting out with lines or rules or boundaries, however we want to talk about them, the problem with starting there is that by focusing on them as frequently as we do, that keeps our attention firmly at the limits of our faith and tradition, not at the potential that lies within it. It keeps our focus on what we can't or shouldn't do instead of what might be possible. And that makes us want to make sure that the lines are held and that they're kept neat, and that they remain unbroken, that we are presenting the right image, whatever that is. It keeps us from getting messy. As long as the outside, or the buildings, or the finances, or the photos we share look great, or as expected, or seem acceptable to outsiders, we don't have to worry about what is happening on the inside. Inside our churches, inside our nations, inside our communities, even inside ourselves. And this is why I think Jesus shows no concern for the boundaries we have established in the church, especially those that have nothing to do with his teachings, and why he willingly crosses lines over and over again that we thought we weren't allowed to cross. Because from Jesus' perspective, we draw lines too soon, and it orients us in the wrong direction. And drawing lines too soon either stunts our growth or it constricts our movement or it brings us into conflict with each other and with ourselves over who can be in and who has to leave. To Jesus, drawing lines and figuring out the boundaries of the kingdom of God is the last thing we need to do, not the first. When we look at what Jesus says about building the kingdom, it doesn't begin with shoring up borders or fortifying a castle. It doesn't begin with any kind of structures or titles or even the rules to the game. It's not until Matthew 22 that Jesus offers his answer to what commandments we should follow. For Jesus, the kingdom of heaven begins far away from the borders or boundaries we draw. It begins with us. Actually, it begins inside each of us. Look at what Jesus says to all those who come to him for healing or advice or whom he finds traveling a difficult path through life. Almost always, he asks them a question, a personal question, something that is well within their control. Do you want to be made well? Who condemns you? Who touched my cloak? Where's your husband? Who's your neighbor? Do you love me? He doesn't ask us how we're going to affect policy. He doesn't ask for our plan to unseat the emperor and usher in a new ruling order. He doesn't even ask us who we've brought in or who we've kept out so that we can go on building the kingdom with his blessing. Everything that Jesus asks and everything that Jesus does is personal. It's all a personal invitation. It's all within our control. It starts with you and me, and it works outward from there. Everything he does is on a personal level, not a global scale. Making sure that someone has enough to eat. Making sure a friend's body works well enough so they can enjoy the full fruits of life. Making sure that a stranger's mind and soul is not addled with shame or doubt, but rather with awareness and hope. 
this is where Jesus starts to build the kingdom. He starts here with each of us because Jesus knows that hurt people hurt people, but that whole people can heal people. Wholeness and healing begins inside and works its way out of us. It all starts inside us. The only way to truly repair and reconcile and recalibrate our world into the kingdom of God as Jesus wants it to be requires all of us to look inside, to begin inside, to do the work on ourselves and in our personal relationships first before we go out and do anything else. The kingdom of God is built from the inside out. Howard Thurman puts it another way in his poem, The Inward Sea. He writes, quote, There is in every person an inward sea, and in that sea there is an island, and on that island is an altar, and standing guard before that altar is the angel with the flaming sword. Nothing can get by that angel to be placed upon that altar unless it has the mark of your inner authority. Nothing passes the angel with the flaming sword to be placed upon your altar unless it be a part of the fluid area of your consent. This is your crucial link with the eternal. End quote. Unless we become deeply linked to the eternal within us, unless it guides and shapes our movements in the world, we cannot begin the work of defining, let alone building, the kingdom of God on earth. Jesus knew this. He knew that we can draw all the lines we want. We can determine who is in and who to keep out. We can keep the borders and the boundaries of our lives well-fenced and well-kept, and we can keep up all the appearances we can, but what we will build will look more like a water oak than the tree of life that we hoped for and once knew. Water oaks are beautiful. They grow big and tall. They grow quickly. They provide great shade and branches to climb on or swing from. But oftentimes they die because their wood is weaker than other oaks. And that leads to cavities building inside their wood, which causes them to rot from the inside out. They look decent and mostly healthy from the outside, while what's deep within them tells a much different story. And too often we only learn that they are sick and in need of help when they fall over on our house. We each have to do the inward work, to pay attention to the interior of our lives and our minds and our souls. We have to do that interior, personal, relational work in our own lives to begin building the kingdom, a kingdom that can change everyone's lives. That's what makes us strong and resilient and capable enough of reaching out beyond ourselves to help others, starting inside us. When we do that, it's easier to build better relationships. It's easier to build a web of connections like Jesus did, that he founded his kingdom on, in fact, one person, one relationship, one connection at a time. That can affect real change in our world. But we have to do the interior, personal, private work first so that it's easier to connect the dots, 
so that the outcome can be better. And I learned all of this by playing that game in the back pew of that church growing up. Working from the inside out on that little grid did two things. First, it made it easier to make connections quicker and to rack up squares with your initial inside them than it did if you tried to connect a border all around the grid and work from the outside in. And working from the inside out also made the game go more quickly, which meant that you could play more games in the length of a worship service, which meant that you could have more fun with your friends there on the back pew. And finding more ways to have more fun with more friends isn't a bad way to make the kind of connections we need to help build the kingdom of heaven here on earth. When we build it one connection at a time, person to person, dot to dot, inside out, there is no limit to how big this kingdom can grow. There's no boundary that can contain it or hem it in or keep it from reaching all the way from here to the heavens. God Knows Where is written, produced, and edited by me, Brett Harris, with music by Thomas Steinwinder and Michael Trest, and unwavering support from my wife, Elizabeth. If you like what you hear, I'd encourage you to share God Knows Where with your friends and family and give us a review in Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to this show. It'll mean the world to me and it'll help more people find God Knows Where. Thanks in advance for your help and for being here and for listening. Until next time, take these words from William Sloan Coffin with you. May God give you the grace never to sell yourself short. Grace to risk something big for something good. Grace to remember that the world is too dangerous for anything but truth and too small for anything but love. So may God take your minds and think through them, your eyes and see through them, and your hearts and set them on fire.